This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today I'd like to continue with the music of the bassist Scott LaFaro. In 1959, he was bouncing back and forth between New York and Los Angeles, but he made a number of wonderful recordings in Los Angeles in late 1959 and early 1960. So today's show is going to be very interesting. We're going to play some tracks of his um, with some big bands and then some small groups and then lead us into late 1960, early 1961, when he began an association with John Lewis, Gunther Schuller, and most important, Ornette Coleman. We're going to start with a great record from 1959 made in January of 59 with a group in Los Angeles. It was led by Marty Paik, who is a very important um, composer and arranger and uh, really is known today mostly as an arranger. And this is from a record called The Broadway Bit. He took all Broadway show tunes and arranged them for a, a little big band with very in, very interesting instrumentation. And this piece we're going to listen to is called It's All Right With Me. Check out his bass playing. The, the walking that he does is really terrific, and he plays a short solo. This is a wonderful recording. It's All Right With Me. Now we're going to zip on ahead to towards the end of the track where Scott is going to play a wonderful solo. Bass solos really weren't um, part of the norm at this time. And LaFaro was such an amazing player, um, not only as a great timekeeper with a wonderful sound, but he was also an astounding soloist. So when when people had him on record dates, invariably they would always feature him either um, as a soloist or actually what we're going to listen to later are feature numbers written for him. So check out this short solo on It's All Right with me. In uh, February and March of 1959, uh, Scott LaFaro um, was hired by Stan Kenton to play in his very famous orchestra. And he stayed for uh, maybe a little over a month with that group, uh, did some tours with them, and, and made a recording. It's a live recording. It's called um, Stan Kenton in Concert from nice. March of 1959. And even Stan Kenton realized the, um, the talent of this young bassist. And this particular track really is a feature for um, Scott LaFaro. It's an old jazz tune called uh, Bernie's Tune. So let's check him out with Stan Kenton's Orchestra, March of 59. Thank you. 
next recording we're going to listen to is from June of 1959, which was arranged by um, a wonderful saxophone player and flutist by the name of Herb Geller. And this uh, particular record um, also feature, features uh, not a full big band, we would call it like a little big band, but it's, it's a great record, and it's all the music from the Broadway show Gypsy. This piece we're going to listen to is called The Cow Song. The entire record is wonderful, but this is was written for um, LaFaro, and even at one point he Im- imitates a sound of like a cow out in a pasture. I mean, it's a terrific track. And this is from the music of Gypsy from Herb Geller's record, and this is Scott LaFaro playing The Cow Song. things about LaFaro's playing that makes it easy to identify is the clarity um, with which he plays his notes and the fact that he plays way up on the high register of the instrument also very low but he really was a master of playing in, in the upper part of the fretboard I'm not a bassist but you, you don't hear guys really stay up there and, and of course the wide intervals or jumps that he would use are really um, very much acrobatic in nature we're going to jump ahead to April of 1960 when he's in New York playing with one of the most important uh, trumpet players of that period, a man by the name of Booker Little, who um, I examined his music a few months ago. Um, this is a great record. It's called Booker Little, and it featured Scott LaFaro on bass. This particular track is called BT's Minor Plea, but we're going to check out um, Scott's playing behind uh, the pianist on the record date. Actually, there were two pianists on the record date. One was Tommy Flanagan, and on this particular track, it was Winton Kelly, who at the time was, I believe, still playing with uh, Miles Davis's group. One of the swingingest pianists in all of jazz at this time. So check out Scott's playing behind Winton Kelly's piano solo.
In December of 1960, Scott was in New York playing with Bill Evans. He had played with um, Stan Getz and a number of other musicians. In the late 50s and early 60s, Ornette Coleman had come to New York and uh, brought this new approach to jazz, which was very controversial, where his music is not so much centered on playing chord changes or conventionally constructed music, but was much more free. In fact, he called it free jazz. Ornette Coleman had some great supporters in John Lewis, the wonderful pianist and leader of the modern jazz quartet, and another composer by the name of Gunther Schuller. Um, in fact, those two, I believe, had started a, a program up at Lenox, Massachusetts called Jazz at Lenox, which was a very, very forward-thinking um, workshop for um, where musicians could interact with students. And when they heard Ornette's playing, they were very much taken with his playing, as other critics really um, downplayed and denigrated Ornette. Net's music. These two um, fellows who were very well respected, Schuler and John Lewis, were very supportive. And they, were, they thought that this is a new approach and really is going to have an impact on jazz. And in the middle of this whole thing is Scott LaFaro. So in December of 1960, um, John Lewis and Gunther Schuler um, did um, a recording date which was released on a record called Jazz Abstractions. It is a fascinating record. On the record is Ornette Coleman and Eric Dolphy, and Bill Evans, and a string group. It might not be a kind of thing you would listen to in your car or around friends, but um, from a historic standpoint, this is one of the most interesting records I've ever heard. We're going to listen to Variant 1, which is a variation on John Lewis's composition entitled Django. It features two bass players, LaFaro, who is going to play a solo. It also features the great guitarist Jim Hall and George DeVivier, who's walking. So we're going to listen to the first section of Variant 1 from the record Jazz Abstractions. Fascinating track, George de Vivier playing a walking bass, Scott LaFaro playing that solo up in the high register of the instrument, Jim Hall also soloing at the same time, playing in a very conversational manner, which is really important because, you know, in those Bill Evans records from 1959, 60, and 61, you're hearing that kind of interplay. And of course, with Ornette Coleman, his music was really very focused on um, musicians collectively improvising. So it's a fascinating window into what was happening in music um, in late 1960. Now, on that same record, they recorded uh, variants on a theme of Thelonious Monk. This is a very interesting track in that it features Ornette Coleman on alto saxophone, Eric Dolphy on bass clarinet, 
also um, Bill Evans and, and of course, um, Scott LaFarrell. One of the most interesting things about the record in my research is it was recorded in December 19th and 20th, 1960. On the 21st of December, 1960, Ornette Coleman made one of his most important and famous records, which was called Free Jazz. So we're going to uh, jump around and play um, a few different excerpts from Variants on Criss Cross from the Jazz Abstraction record. close the show, we're going to skip ahead to the conversation between the bass clarinetist Eric Dolphy and bassist Scott LaFaro played in free time. Very interesting stuff. And remember, the next day, they're going to be in the studio with Ornette recording free jazz. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. Visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com. Jazz Insights is produced by WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta, Georgia.